I think they're done blowing. They are. That's good timing. <laughs> it was really loud. <laughs> Especially when it's right there. <laughs> Every Friday. And then on Thursdays, Judy blows. So you just got blowing happening all around <laughs> you. blowing everywhere. All sides. Lots of blowing. <laughs> no blowing happening here, but there is blowing <laughs> happening on each side of me. There was blowing happening at my house yesterday. Oh, God. Yeah. Like blowing, blowing, or like leaf blowing leaf blowing (laughs) welcome to the art of getting your shit together podcast where each week we help you identify the bullshit that's holding you back and discover the courage to take action to create a life you love and enjoy all right welcome back to the show everybody i'm your host jenna hello i'm Lindsay. thank you as always for spending this time with us we have a fun story to share with all of you about our experience at UPW, which is Unleash the Power Within. It was the Tony Robbins event that if you follow us on social media, you saw where we had an amazing time, did some incredible things, and we want to share some of our biggest takeaways with you today. Yes. And the story of how we did not burn our feet off. Yes. But before we get into that, I want to do a listener shout out. And this was a very well sweet thought out um, review on iTunes from a good friend of mine um, that I know personally. Her name is Becca Kemper. And she gave us a five star and she writes, bold, hilarious, and authentic. I just absolutely love Lindsay and Jenna. I have known Jenna for a few years now after we picked each other up at Starbucks. That's the running joke. We just hit it off and instantly became friends that same day. The girl that I met that day is funny, unapologetically herself, and has the biggest heart of anyone I know. That's exactly the same person that I hear in the podcast. Lindsay and I have met a few times, and I've loved getting to know her more through her wisdom, her heart, and her desire to challenge people through the barriers and bullshit that holds us all back from becoming a better version of ourselves. These two bring amazing insight, a whole lot of knowledge, crack me up, and I just love and feel honored to know these two women through their podcast and in real life. You guys are amazing. Thank you for continuing to empower me more and more, take hold of the reins, and own the leading lady role in my own life. That's so awesome. That was so nice. I know she said she wanted to listen to every podcast where she wrote a review. (laughs) And so that is dedication. Yes. Very (laughs) thorough and so thoughtful. Thank you so, so much. And if you have not left us a five-star or a review, these little nuggets that come through to us just make our day so make our day go (laughs) leave us a review five star subscribe and then leave a review and you will get your chance to be a listener shout out on the next episode cool lovely cool all right so tell me about how you made me walk across the (laughs) call so we knew going into this event that there was a part where you would walk across hot coals not really knowing what to expect. I was like, well, maybe they let them cool down a bit. How are they going to get thousands of people to even do this? Maybe it's a select few or like the first hundred people to show up, they get this opportunity to do this. No clue. However, unbeknownst to us, there were, this was held at the LA Convention Center. There were 40 pits of hot coals that they were tending to pretty much the second half of the day of this event. Yeah, because remember, I'm like... Why does it smell like a bonfire? <laughs> like it's some something's we're burning. And we're in a room with 15,000 people, so 
it made us a little nervous and we're like, oh yes. Oh yeah, that's right. They're they're burning they're burning the wood to make the coals for the firewalk. Yes. And I don't know why I kept smelling it and I don't know why it didn't connect in my brain that that's what they were doing. I was like, I wonder maybe it's just barbecue. Maybe they're maybe there's a restaurant. <laughs> and it's like I'm like, oh my God, it's like real. Then it was like really real. And so the whole time I'm sitting here like, you know what? I'm not gonna do that part. I'm tired. I wanna go back to the room. I'm exhausted. Plus that seems like it would really suck if your feet got burnt mm-hmm. and then you're jumping around because a Tony Robbins seminar is not sitting on your ass the whole time. You are like moving, moving. And it's all about dancing. raising your state and yep. keeping your energy up. So rather than we're, we're there for what, 12 to 15 hours each day, depending on the day. And we flew in the night before we registered early. We were up late. We got supplies water food snacks because you don't get breaks we just got a couple breaks i think two out of the four days we even got a lunch slash dinner break Mm -hmm. for everybody but we're exhausted by the time it comes around and jenna's looking at me she's like i don't think i want to do this i don't i'm like you're fucking doing this (laughs) i'm like i don't know if i can raise my i'm pumped up right now i'm like i'm gonna fucking walk across fire this is cool yeah i'm excited and they're joking around on stage like don't look down what if you trip you know that could be really painful and kind of chalking it up a little bit however you're in a state of like this excitement all day long and I was I was tired and when we when we got out there so all of a sudden like okay it's time to go they teach you how to walk across hot fire coals yeah so that you don't burn yourself um but most of the prep is in your mind yes so again changing your state raising your energy it's really to prove to the entire group how powerful the mind is Mm -hmm. and how quickly your mind can take over in a positive or negative way. So here we are, we're all going out and this is where I almost felt it was kind of cult-like. I felt like I was drinking the Mm Kool-Aid, so to say, where we're outside and we're like, yes, 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 yes. yes." And everyone's getting excited. I'm like, okay, this is kind of fucking weird. Okay, I'm just going to go with it. I'm going with it, man. And Jenna's still... We're in a sea of a crowd of people. Just, <laughs> she's like, I don't think I want to do this. I'm like, you're fucking doing this. She's like, I'm really tired. It is 1230 at night. Yeah. We have been here all day. We are exhausted. Like, we're doing this. This is the last thing. Uh-huh. So we get closer and all of a sudden it's like there in our face. And right beforehand, thank God, this little sweet 70-year-old I woman saw that. I was saw that. going across the coals. She only made it about halfway, kind of stammered and, and went, walked off of it because these pits were 15 feet long mm-hmm. and it's about six to eight steps, depending on how long your legs are. And there were people with hot basins putting new coals on as new people came up. Mm-hmm. So these weren't cooling down. There were like little flames coming up here and there because literally they were 2000 degree coals. Yes. So I'm like, I'm going to go first. She's like, okay, <laughs> I still don't know if I want to do this. I'm like, you're doing this. <laughs> and I'm trying to keep her energized and, you know, I'm trying to keep myself energized and sure enough, it was my turn and I went up there and I did it and I turned around. And it was Jenna's turn. And before I knew it, we were celebrating at the end. Yep. They have you wipe your feet at the end and they rinse your feet off to make sure you don't have any hot coals because that's usually how people get burned. They get stuck to your feet. And I, it was a blur. I got up there and they're like, go. And I'm like, oh my God, (laughs) here (laughs) we go. go. (laughs) But the coolest part about it was, I don't think it really registered in my brain what we had done. We had walked barefoot across 2000 degree hot coals. 
and there were flames until the next morning when we walked into the seminar on day two and everyone was like, welcome back firewalkers. And we were firewalkers at that point. And that was the coolest shit ever because you're like, yeah, you know what? I freaking am like I am. You can seriously put that title on and it feels so good to know that you conquered your fear and you didn't let your brain get in the way. You just did it. Mm -hmm. And it's a mind over matter type thing. And so the power behind it is like Lindsay said, you, you decide and you change your state in a second. Mm -hmm. And that's all we talk about on day one is changing your state and how if you are feeling crappy, you move your body and you change your state so that you're in a better place emotionally. Mm Because energy comes from within your body, not from food, not from sleep, not from anything else, but changing your state. So you can listen to music, you can dance around, but energy comes from movement. Yep. So it's kind of a disservice really because we don't move our bodies anymore. We're very stagnant in our jobs. We sit at computers. When we do have the opportunity to move around, we don't because we're lazy. And, um, you know, a stagnant, sedentary life just continues like inertia. So if you are feeling crappy, turn on some music. Get moving. And Meredith and Christina from Grey's Anatomy had something to dancing it out because I tell you what, there wasn't – we were tired at times during this – this weekend but we felt amazing yeah it was always great feeling and it felt like your soul was on fire it was great it was incredible so for the long hours for the everything that we did there we were always engaged because it was fast-paced but they kept us moving there Mm -hmm. were intentional breaks and time of movement and you know, celebration and acknowledgement and all kinds of things that we did through each day that kept us going where some days felt longer than others. But I remember one, and I think it was even the last day, I'm like, oh my gosh, it's already three o'clock. Mm-hmm. And it felt like we had just gotten there. So we were used to that schedule already and it was just flying by. But I got to point out one thing. It was funny on the second day after doing the firewalk, Jenna told me, she looks over at me and says, I'm really glad I did that. I really feel like a fucking fraud. <laughs> Because the rest of the time, they were referring to us as firewalkers. So she's like, I would have felt like a fraud if I would have done that. I would have been like, damn it, I'm the only one in here that isn't a firewalker. It would have been really sucky to not do that and to sit there and go, man, you missed your shot. No regrets. Yep. So sometimes it's just better to do it. And as somebody risk averse who doesn't really like to do things that are beyond any type of comfort zone for me, um, this was so far beyond anything that I ever thought I could do. And the fact that I did it, it was, it is empowering to know. And now it kind of makes the other things that I thought were scary seem very small in comparison. And I know a lot of people are like, oh, well, you know, you can walk across anything hot if it's fast enough. And I'm like, well, you don't run. You can get seriously injured if you run. You'll just sit there and drive your feet into the middle of these coals. It's very paced. It's slow, intentional, and direct movement. Mm -hmm. It is not a free-for-all. It is not a frantic, you know, scurry to the other side. It is a paced, intentional movement for a reason. Yeah. So we are firewalkers and badasses also. (laughs) Yeah. So, but we also want to talk about some of the things that we learned that we thought would be beneficial to our listeners to think about as they go through their life. And one of the things that obviously the change in state is like the biggest part of a Tony Robbins seminar. He starts with your state. 
But then we want to talk about what creates lasting change. And we've talked about that a lot on this podcast is how do we really create lasting change? And part of that starts with understanding the motivations behind why we do what we do. Why as people do we keep doing the same shit over and over, even though we know that we have the knowledge, we consume a lot of information, but we don't take that information and then apply it to our lives. Mm -hmm. And so one of the main things that Tony talks about is the six basic human needs. And, And really what it comes down to is human need and your values will completely go to the wayside if you're trying to meet your needs. So we talk a lot about values on this podcast. Even if you have a strong set of values, you can say, well, to hell with those if you need to meet a need. Yep. And at the core of every human being are two main fears. The fear that I'm not enough. And the fear of not being loved. Yep. And so those are the two driving things that we're trying to overcome with these six needs. The first need is certainty. And this one is, it was cool because he had us all write down the six needs and then he had everybody raise their hand. And this one was probably 75, 80% of the room had certainty as one of them. So everybody wants stability about their basic necessities their food shelter and other material resources Um, when people cannot control their physical circumstances they might seek certainty through a state of mind such as a religious faith or a positive outlook this is the comfort you want to stay within your comfort zone and this is a survival thing we need certainty because that means that we stay alive Mm -hmm. So it's not even something that you're like, oh, I feel shitty because certainty is my number one. Well, in your primitive brain, it's an extremely important reason. It's an extremely number one need is certainty. And I think this is where a lot of habitual actions come in because we're certain if we kind of have the same routines, it's safe, we're playing it safe. And even when we look at our jobs, we're less likely to make big changes. And we talk about the fear of change and we've talked about money before, but money is a certainty. If Mm -hmm. I just show up at this job and I get my paycheck, that's a, that's very certain that this is going to happen. I don't want to change that. And that's why some dreams of changing careers and pursuing something else can be put by the wayside because you want to maintain that certainty of those funds. Mm-hmm. And for all six of these needs, there's neutral ways to meet your needs. There's positive ways and there's negative ways. So certainty violence is, is one that he said is a certainty thing. Like somebody knows that by having violence, they're certain to feel a certain way. Mm-hmm. That's a negative way to meet a need. Um, certainty can be met by having a meditation practice, you have this thing and that's a positive way to meet a feeling of certainty. Just keeping in mind, you can have negative ways to meet your needs and that's where our bad habits and our crutches and coping mechanisms can come from. Yes. Is by taking the things that used to work for us that are no longer working for us because it at one point met our need. Yes. So number two uncertainty yeah. and variety because he said he he says god in her infinite wisdom mm-hmm. knows that if we had too much certainty we are bored yes. out of our freaking minds so in order for us to create some fun and 
variety in our lives and um, uncertainty is necessary. I love that he said uncertainty and variety. People have the need to change their state to exercise their body and emotions. That's part of the definition that he had here. But we seek out certain stimuli to entertain us and to gain that variety. That could be with food, that could be with travel, that could be just any kind of activity, some kind of entertainment, physical activity, and even mood swings. Mm -hmm. People just start fights just to start a fight, right? We've all heard that happening. That's to create variety in your life because you get bored or things seem so mundane. You need something to react to. Your body's craving something and it's variety. This is probably one of my top ones. I resonate with this because variety gives me it just makes me feel better. Like those endorphins of doing something new or different. I don't like doing the same thing every day, but the variety can get me in trouble too with food and the ways I like to celebrate and seek variety. It's usually social or something like that. So that can be sabotaging on my other health goals, but variety is key in our life. We need to spice it up sometimes. Yeah. And he says, how many hear like surprises and everyone's like raising their hand he's like bullshit (laughs) (laughs) you only like the surprises you want the surprises you don't want are called problems (laughs) (laughs) but part of variety is our problems because that is what is the resistance of life so we none of us want our problems but the problems are part of the variety package that make us stronger Mm -hmm. if you don't work out a muscle and you don't lift heavy weight and break your muscle down you're never going to grow muscle and that's what problems are and so problems are part of the whole variety package unfortunately yep and that's fine yep it gives you an opportunity to be resourceful and to work through something and to become stronger And it can also be addicting, you know, when you have your addicted to your problems that can, your problems can be addicting because they meet your need for variety. So if any of these varieties, I just want to make note of this now, as we go through these and as you resonate with them, because they're meeting some kind of action, belief, thought pattern, anything like that meets any three of these needs, that's when addiction can set in. A good example when I think of this is weight loss, especially when it comes to certainty and uncertainty is when someone says they really want to lose weight and they're struggling to do so, it's not that they don't want to or they're not trying hard enough. It's just those activities that are meeting the needs of certainty, variety, and some other ones like connection that we're going to talk about in a little bit are meeting those needs. And like Jenna had said, it's so easy for us just to toss out our values and some of our desires to do something different when we are meeting our needs because they are so personal to us. And especially that certainty will keep us stuck if it is valuable enough in the moment. And significance is number three. And significance is basically our inherent desire to feel needed, important, or special. And this is also an instinctual survival thing. Because if we don't somehow feel significant and important to our peers and our environment, we will not thrive. Like back in the our primitive days, you would be an outcast in that group and then you wouldn't you needed survival 
in numbers. Mm -hmm. So everyone needs to feel special and important in some way. People seek significance through obtaining recognition from others or from themselves. When people feel insignificant, they may make themselves feel significant by getting angry. They may also meet their needs paradoxically by having others recognize the significance of their insignificance or the size and complexity of their problems. It is important to remember that for many, helplessness is power. So you can be very significant if you have the biggest problems. If you talk to somebody and they're like, oh man, I'm having a really crappy day. And they're like, oh, you think you're having a shitty day? Well, my shitbag husband is la 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 la. They're gaining, they're, they're meeting a need for significance in that way. So that's how you would meet you know, significance in a negative way. That's one of the reasons why at our jobs, being told that we're doing a good job is more valuable a lot of times than being paid more. You know, having somebody mentor you and tell you you're doing a good job and having that recognition is fulfilling that need for significance. And one more thing back to the violence. Tony says that with violence and the reason we will always have violence is because it meets the need for certainty. Like if somebody puts a gun to your head in that moment, they're meeting their need for certainty because they know that they're certain that they're the most significant person in that moment to you. And then it meets their need for variety because it's it's exciting. It's new. It's a thrill. Mm-hmm. So we will always have violence unless there's a change of consciousness in our collective cultures. Unfortunately, it's like a part, I think part of human nature because we're meeting our needs. Um, and then number four is connection and love. We innately want to be connected. That's one of the biggest fears that we have is that we won't be loved. And even though some people may not, that may not resonate with them, when you take back all the layers and kind of look at the core, everyone just wants to be loved in some capacity. And finding that significance or that certainty within an inner circle is very, very important. So as humans, we're just social creatures. And I just hope that we can shift some of this disconnection with social media and text messaging and people can really start to have more genuine connections in their life and not just live through a screen and filters and just really have deep, meaningful connections because we feel so grounded and grateful when we have deep rooted connections and feel loved and can give love and can share that love with your circle. It may not even be your blood relatives. It could be a family that you create that you have deep, deep connections with. And that is powerful. Mm-hmm. And I feel that should be more at the forefront of what a lot of people are striving for is connection. Mm-hmm. Well, and two, this is also a survival thing. The reason we need love and connection is because as infants, brand new babies in this world, you would not survive if somebody did not love you. Mm -hmm. And so we equate love to survival in a lot of things. So that's why, you know, when you don't have a partner, you're really striving for a connection of love with somebody It's why it feels so innately like a burning desire and a burning need that has to be met. Also, people will settle for connection because love is scary. So connection is important. Mm -hmm. But a lot of times people will settle just for connection because love is too much of a risk because they've Mm -hmm. had their heart broken. On the flip side of that, connection can also come out in an aggressive manner. 
like you can meet someone and have connections in a debate or an argument or something like that, that can also meet your need of significance. Yes. But most people really connect when they share their problems. This is why gossiping is so prevalent because that's the fastest way to build a connection is by talking about something or someone. And when you have a similar opinion about it, you feel connected to that person. You instantly have something you have in common. So of course, people are going to tend to gossip as part of maybe, especially having a new connection or meeting new people because it's an easy Mm go-to. Yep. But we all know that gossiping sucks and no one likes a gossiper. But we really connect with problems. And it doesn't even have to be gossip. If I'm struggling with something and someone else is struggling with those same things, you're instantly going to have that connection. Yep. And if you fight a lot in your relationship, that is a very dysfunctional way to connect, like you just said. A lot of people don't know how to connect on a level that's loving. Maybe it's because you haven't seen that before. It's not something, you know, it's something that you've seen in your parents or grandparents. Or That's where these patterns and these things that we, how we meet our needs is a lot of times not something that we even meant to do. It's just what we've known. So mm-hmm. that's another thing. If you're fighting a lot, um, I know like my therapist will say like if, if Jake and I are kind of getting really at each other, it's like she'll be like, you need to take a step back and really think about are you guys connecting? Because this can be a way to connect, an easy, cheap, crappy way to connect. It's dysfunctional and it's not the go-to. So retraining your brain to think in connection in a loving way, in a more positive way than the negative way. So these first four needs are the needs of the personality. The last two, need number five and need number six, are the needs of the spirit. And These are what will give you what we call the art of fulfillment. This is really where true fulfillment comes from is meeting these two needs. And the the first one is growth. If we're not growing, we're dying. That's why a lot of us, especially who listen to this podcast, are very extremely interested in our own personal development and growth because it means that we're bettering ourselves. We're continuing to learn and level up our lives. You can have a spiritual practice that helps Mm -hmm. you grow or just continuing to learn and grow and become better than you were yesterday. Yeah. And that's why people like you listen to podcasts like these. Yes, (laughs) exactly. So growth is a big deal. If you are meeting your need for growth, you are are fulfilling the need of your spirit. The last one is contribution. And this can be contribution in so many ways. We as humans want to contribute, whether it's to our family, to a greater cause, Whatever that looks like for you. I feel like there's so many varieties of contribution. Mm -hmm. It's whatever that looks like for you in your life and how you really feel fulfilled to raise your spirit. And and when we say raise your spirit, we're talking about like really elevating that state again, having a true win-win where you feel good and then you're giving back in a way that makes someone else feel significant or certain or anything like that. Having that love and connection. You're contributing to a greater good, a greater cause. Mm -hmm. And I don't care who you are. If if you've ever done that, you know how amazing that feels. And if you want more of that in your life, you need to create it. You should create it because the more we give, the more we contribute, the more good that comes into our lives and the more you're going to grow and the more connections you're going to have, the more certainty you're going to have. It, It really, you can see this contribution piece in so many of these needs. Yeah. And when we add value to others, that's also, 
it's like the the smallest little nugget that you could do that adds probably the most significance to someone else's life is by adding value to others. And the way we add value to others is by growing first in ourselves. So these two these last two needs go hand in hand. And I don't really think there's a negative way to meet these needs. It's like if you're growing, you're doing a positive, you're growing within yourself and you're doing your spirit good. You're doing good by you spiritually. And then if you're contributing and giving and you're adding value, this is also a very positive way. So these these two ways to meet the needs of your spirit are critical for fulfilling your life. Otherwise, Tony says that success without fulfillment is the ultimate failure. And if you're not growing and you're not contributing and giving, and it doesn't have to be giving like, oh, I don't have any money to give or I don't have any time to give. It's it's what you can, how you can add value. That's how I would challenge you to look at it. And that's the same with a business. You know, we purchase goods and services from others because they add value to our lives. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So that's, you know, if you create a business, think about how you can give back. How are you giving and adding value to somebody else's life? Because that's going to make you fulfilled and it's going to help fulfill them. And that's really how we make humanity better. Yeah, I agree. So even if, even if the environment isn't ideal, mm -hmm. bringing value to any environment can really do wonders in shifting that environment. One person, one thing, it's like one person can really bring everybody down, whether it's at a party or at work, especially at work, right? Mm-hmm. You got one negative Nancy in the corner and everyone's like, fuck, really? <laughs> but one person can really help shift that and bringing value to others can shift an entire environment. Yeah, and it's easy. Pay a compliment to a stranger. A real, true, genuine compliment. Say something nice to somebody. Write somebody a handwritten note. It doesn't have to be a grand gesture and it doesn't have to cost a lot of money or time. Yeah. It's Ask good the questions smallest to them. thing. Yeah. Be interested, genuinely interested in the success, growth, development, and inner workings of other people. You know, people, we love to be heard, seen, and connected. It helps with the significance need. So anytime you can help somebody feel good, you're adding value to them. And that's really where the magic happens in all of this. So I think one of the things that we talked about was the different ways to meet these needs and how we can meet them in a positive way or a negative way, even a neutral way. But recognizing where you are addicted because they meet three or more needs. And then how can you shift that in your life to meet your needs in a positive way instead of the crutch and the old tape. A lot of it is complete awareness, like an awareness issue. Like I didn't realize how much social media meets like every need. Mm-hmm. Every single one of them. It's terrifying. It is. And that's why it's so addicting because it meets the need for certainty. I know exactly what I'm getting at. I know exactly how I'm going to feel. It's variety because of the dopamine boost. You get the new things that come through your feed. Yep, new sponsors, Significance. new photos, more Look likes. Look at me. Look at me. Yep. Look at all my likes, look at all my friends, and then connection. It's like a very pseudo connection. It's not real, but it can feel real at the time. So. Yeah. So think about that too. What are more positive ways to meet your needs than just your default habits? And then when you really think about it and you start to apply that to your life, you'll make lasting change. So highly encourage anyone to check out Tony Robbins. Um, I know some people, he's not their cup of tea for us. We are big fans and the proof is in the pudding. 
I'm still, I, I actually got sick the week after we got back and I still even now feel the momentum from that, even though I like felt like I got hit by a train after we got back, I feel amazing. And so highly encourage you to check it out if you ever get a chance to go to an Unleash the Power Within or any event near you where he is. It's totally worth your time and energy. It's a great investment Mm -hmm. of your time and energy. Yeah. So until next time, we will see you same time, same place. And take care of yourself until then. Ciao. Bye. The Art of Getting Your Shit Together is produced and edited by LD Coaching and Blush Cactus Boutique Design Studio. We would love it if you'd head over to iTunes and subscribe, leave us five stars, and write a quick review. If you enjoy this podcast, share it with your friends so that we can continue to grow our tribe. Tag us on Instagram at tagist underscore podcast with your shares, and we'll feature you on our story. Don't forget to grab our free guide, five things you can do right now to get your shit together and start living your best life over at tagus.com slash kick more ass. Remember your life only gets better when you decide to grow and it's never too late to get your shit together.